from the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network, that's Travis the Beard. I'm James the Brain. This is Super Flexible. We are without our wayward, wayward host, uh, the crucified, the testified, the glorified John Hogue. So it's just you and I, Travis, holding down the fort. And uh, you know, if you guys missed last week, dude, stop what you're doing. Go listen to last week. It was two hours of podcast gold. We did a mock draft. We did the first two rounds of a mock Superflex rookie draft. Um, it was right after the draft, and uh, and it was well-received. Tonight, we are going to dig in a whole lot deeper into the rookie draft. We're going to do rounds three and four of that rookie draft. This is where championship teams are made. Man, if you hit on a pick here, I mean, you can really pat yourself on the back and set your team up for a long, long time. Travis, what do you think about the, uh, just in general, the third and fourth round this year in uh, in rookie mocks? Well, first of all, I'm pretty disappointed I didn't get to say my little snide remark to you when you introduced me. Um, <laughs> I skipped over that, didn't I? That. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you didn't want to give me the chance for that. That's fine. <laughs> um, also, I prefer John character concerns, Hogue. I think that might have been the winner <laughs> from last week. Um, but no, yeah, the, the third and fourth round is really, I mean, everybody knows you're just taking dart throws. So I really am all about the upside uh, with these picks. I mean, if you're like, you know, you don't want a guy, you don't want guys that aren't going to be able to hit uh, and and have you be able to flip them right away. So that's really my goal with third and fourth round picks is get a guy that has potential to hit pretty quickly and and you can flip them for a you know a future second or first potentially depending on on how big they hit um, unless you know there's another strategy that I'll probably employ depending on who's on the board but I don't want to give that away just yet. Oh man, okay, I see how this, this is. Gonna this be. is this is a mono e mono draft. I see friend. how this is going to be. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Playing it close to the vest and everything, man. I love it. All right, cool, good deal. So, I guess I guess let's let's get this started. What do you think, man? All right, yeah, man. Let's jump in. Um, I was gracious enough to give you the three hundred one. Um, do you want to run through the first two rounds just real quick so people know where we're at? Perfect, man. First round with the first pick uh, was Saquon Barkley. Um, I took Saquon Barkley. With the second pick, Travis, you took Baker Mayfield. With the third pick, John took Josh Rosen. With the fourth pick, I took Darius Geis. With the fifth pick, you took Nick Chubb. Uh, with the sixth pick, John took Ronald Jones. With the seventh pick, I took Sam Darnold. Uh, with the eighth pick, you took Royce Freeman. Gross. With the ninth pick, John took uh, Rashad Penny. With the 10th pick, I took Sony Michelle. With the 11th pick, you, Travis, took Carrion Johnson. And with the 12th pick, John took Cortland Sutton. All right, so second round, James, you went DJ Moore. I went Lamar Jackson with a 202. John went Calvin Ridley with a 203. You went Christian Kirk, 204. You sniped me hard on that one. I hate you. Um, 205, I was forced to take Michael Gallup because Christian Kirk was gone. Very, very sad. Uh, John went with Anthony Miller at the 206. You took Josh Allen finally at the 207 and stopped his slide. I took Kalen Balaj at 208. John went Naheem Hines at 209. You took Dante Pettis, your boy, uh, at 210. And I went with Traquan Smith at 211. And then John, to end out the second round, took Equinemius St. Brown, which I've got to say is that might have been the reach of the draft. I know John isn't here to defend himself, but... (laughs) 
you know, it's it's really interesting. I have seen ESB go anywhere from the late second to like the early fourth. Like the fourth, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, it's it's really interesting. Um, you're either you're either bought in on on him or, or not. So um, yeah, he's he's one of the polarizing players in this draft. I think that um, some people think he really helped himself going to Green Bay, and others think him getting drafted so low uh, really hurt his stock. So yeah, he he is an interesting prospect here. Yeah, but I think John John's definitely bought in. Yeah. But, yep. All right, you're up here at the 301, James. We're going to go all the way to 412. This might get pretty ugly. Yeah, yeah, no. And <laughs> um, <laughs> and I tell you what, uh, I, I had to look at the board twice to make sure this guy was still available. He is, and and I'm, I'm going to take him. And I, I tell you what, I, A, I, I haven't loved this player um, even when he was coming out of college, um, but – I'm going to go with his production, and I'm going to go with his landing spot because I think there's potential there. I'm going to take James Washington, um, the wide receiver. Yeah, that, I knew uh, that was your pick. Yeah. That and, was and, like the glaring pick that was still there. Yeah, it, and you know what? It, it Look, I mean, it, out of Oklahoma State, he obviously he, he performed at a pretty high level there. Um, he, he put up some really good numbers, um, but – uh, you know, I, I, I wasn't really high on him coming out. I, I kind of felt that there were some holes in his game and there was just a few things that he did well. But I, I really like the situation. I mean, Lance in Pittsburgh, he's got his college quarterback that's going to be sitting on the bench, you know, kind of kind of maybe the heir apparent to Big Ben, you know. And um, and it's, it's really just, I mean, the situation is interesting. Martavius Bryant just got dealt on draft day. Um, so, I mean, there's there's a hole for that wide receiver three. I think James Washington can fill that. So I, I think I think there's upside. So I, th- I think that's what I see there, and that's why I'm going to go ahead and take him here. Um, but I'm not a, I'm not an advocate of James Washington. So, but I but I feel like at this point of the draft, um, it's a good spot to get him. So, what do you think about the pick? Yeah, like I said, I think he was the glaring name that was still left. Um, kind of makes my next pick pretty difficult. I think that. There's definitely a teardrop. Uh, we've already we, we've already passed the running back teardrop. We talked about that last week, um, and I think James Washington is definitely the the tier, the end of a tier at the wide receiver position. Um, so when I come to a point in the rookie draft where uh, we have hit the teardrop at wide receiver and we've hit the teardrop at running back. This is when I kind of start looking towards tight ends because um, you can get some really good um, upside and and some solid draft capital way later than these other positions. So I'm going to go ahead and take Mike Gusecki. Uh Tight end Dolphins, obviously. Uh, so he, he comes into a pretty darn good situation. I mean, they had the, the cupboard, the tight end cupboard was pretty bare in Miami. Uh, and Mike Kosecki wasn't my favorite tight end coming in, but he's definitely an athletic freak, and I think he'll have the opportunity to at least flash his rookie year and, and hold that value uh, going into the next couple years. Yeah, I mean, I, I like the pick. I think um, this is a good spot to get him. Um, unless you're in a tight end premium league, he probably goes a little higher. But no, I think landing spot-wise, I mean, he, he was near the top of most people's rankings, and then landing spot... Um, I think opportunity-wise, he should get opportunity right away. Um, 
My only concern with him is, boy, Miami just doesn't seem to use the tight end position very much. And that's my only concern is is uh, he may get the opportunity to start right away, but I, I don't know what his targets are going to be. Um, and I, I I would think, you know, with, you would think with a quarterback like Ryan Tannenhill, they would use the tight end a little bit more, you know, that safety valve, that safety blanket, but um, never seemed like they did. But maybe, maybe that's because they never really had someone there that was worth throwing the ball to that was getting open on a consistent basis. So I guess we'll kind of see, but I, I like the pick here. I think you got him in a good spot. So I guess that puts me. Thanks, uh, man. I appreciate. I appreciate that. You're welcome. Good. You're welcome, <laughs> man. I don't get used to it because I don't. I'm not going to say good things about your picks <laughs> most of the time. But, um, but yeah. So I, I, I'm back on the clock here, and I really feel like this is where you know I, I, and I think you said it with tight ends, but I also think that there is. Uh, this is where you can take that that upside guy that you like that you, you know, maybe, maybe you had some concerns about his landing spot, or maybe you have concerns about the depth chart in front of him or something. And that's my concern with this next player. And, uh, I'm going to go ahead and take him. I'm going to go ahead and take Deshaun Hamilton. Um, this is a guy who, uh, you know, you, you watch his film and you see a guy who, who could be a potential playmaker and a guy who could start on an, on an NFL roster. The problem is that he got taken by the Denver Broncos. And I just, I, I'm so baffled with that situation. I mean, you have Emmanuel Sanders and um, you have Demarius Thomas there, and then they take Cortland Sutton. And uh, and I, I guess with this pick, I'm hoping that in the next two years, they're done with both Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas, and they took these guys as their replacements, you know, and um, I'm getting a potential wide receiver too um, in that Denver offense here um, in the future. So um, that's, that's who I'm going to take. And, uh, and this is a guy I've kind of seen all over the board too, so I'm kind of interested to hear your thoughts on him. Yeah, I, I honestly wasn't expecting that pick. Um, I don't hate it. Uh, I, I like the player. He's just very, very blocked. Um, but obviously, mm-hmm. this is dynasty, and if you're a, if you're a patient guy, then I think he might end up panning out for you. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're definitely he's not going to gain value this year. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think that's I think that's my thing is that barring injury, I don't know that he gets he gets much opportunity. But then again, you know, I, I, something tells me that maybe maybe one of these receivers gets cut in the preseason, you know, or, or something, or dealt maybe dealt in the preseason, um, and that opens up a spot. So I'm not I'm not totally sure, but I I almost feel like you know drafting those two wide receivers, it's just a matter of time. But I just don't know how much time. And I think you're right. You know, there's a very good possibility that this year you don't get much out of Hamilton and you still don't know what you have come next year with this guy sitting on your squad. So um, it's it's a risky pick, but I, I think it's one that has enough upside that I'm comfortable making it here. Yeah, I mean, I can't really hate you on it. And this is, again, we mentioned it last show, but the second and third, like even like the late second round is really just any anyone can go anywhere. <laughs> There's... I mean, I'm seeing these guys. The ranges that these guys are being taken is just crazy. Um, so yeah, as of right now, only you know two weeks post draft. I mean, you kind of just got to take the guys you like. Um, you can't really blame anybody for it. So uh, let's see. I'm up at 304. I'm only on my second pick, and it's already pretty difficult. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go upside again here. 
Well, not again, I guess Kaseki wasn't that much of an upside pick, but I'm going to go upside with this pick, and I'm going to take Antonio Callaway. Um, I probably could have got him much later just knowing who I'm drafting with, uh, the jaded Browns fan, but I think he is, out of the players left, he's probably one of the most talented as far as pure talent goes. Um, he's obviously pretty blocked as well with Gordon and Coleman and Landry and I think they got like seven other guys. <laughs> uh, and obviously he's got the off the field concerns. I just think they're, I mean, you're at 304. The chances of your pick panning out are pretty slim anyways. And this is a guy that could pan out in a big way. So I'll take that, that gamble at the 304. Yeah, man, I, I, I don't hate the pick. I had him in my top five of guys that were uh, available still. So, um, you know, obviously I was I was semi-high on him still. But, you know, I, I think you're right. You nailed it. I mean, there's high upside, but there's a lot of risk too. But uh, at this pick, you know, the, the 3.03 that we're at, or the 3.04 rather, um, you know, that's, that's, you know, I mean, there's really not much risk baked into that pick. So I, I like it. I think it's a nice pick, man. Man, you are just kissing my ass today. And I know. I don't think and I like it, dude. I gotta stop it. But you know what? It's <laughs> it's gonna end right here. It's gonna end right here because I am going to make my next pick. And dude, this if you, where pick, it's gonna if you end. pick Auden Tate right now, I'm walking out. <laughs> I should do it just so that way you leave. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I, uh, I no, but I, I I think most people are gonna think that my my pick here is a reach. And look, I'm gonna preface this before I even pick. Every once in a while, you just you look at a player that you are high on, and at this point of the draft, it's it's the the three point oh five. Um, you've had what twenty four, twenty eight players come off the board by now. Uh, you're at the 29th best rookie, and at this point, I'm I'm gonna go with with a guy who I I absolutely love his talent, and I absolutely hate his situation. And John Kelly. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take John Kelly here. Look, I, he, he, really got, he really got hurt. He, he got hurt by the landing spot. There's no doubt about that. I mean, he, he definitely got hurt by it. I mean, he's sitting behind Todd Gurley. His value took a huge hit. However, I will say this. He is the handcuff to a running back who is heavily used. And if given the opportunity, I feel like he can, he can succeed. And there, there's a chance that he gets that opportunity. And if I draft him here and Todd Gurley goes down... Watch how quickly that Todd Gurley owner comes to you and offers you something way more significant than a third-round pick for him, especially if they're competing. So, you know, I, sometimes sometimes it's it's that too. Sometimes it's knowing that if you take this handcuff and you are high on him talent-wise and he can succeed in this situation if given the opportunity, then you know that worst-case scenario, you can flip him to that that Gurley owner, that that owner that uh, that has that stud back that went down. And uh, and get get a nice profit, you know, get, gain a you know a couple rounds on that pick or something. So um, that's that's kind of I guess my thinking here. I'm really high on John Kelly's talent. I hate his situation though. Um, what do you think overall about the pick here, John? Did I reach or Travis? Did I reach a little bit or for John Kelly or? I mean, I'm. I don't know. I, it's fine. <laughs> I don't, you don't think sound I'm mean, so convinced about that. Dude, the running the running backs that are left, I mean 
I can't blame you for it. And it's, I mean, you're right. So this is the point in the draft. You're obviously not going to get any starting running backs, <laughs> obviously. So to take a guy yeah. who is, I, I mean, in a situation where obviously he's blocked by a, a, a stud and he's not going to, he's not going to be relevant unless Todd Gurley goes down. But that's kind of the guys you're looking at in this range are guys that are either one injury away from relevance or, you know, or even, even, I don't know, like you combine the one injury away with a guy that you liked his tape. Like, I, I, I think that's perfectly fine to take that guy here. You're not, you're not getting a much better situation out of any of these other guys. So you right, can't, cool. can't yeah. really hate you for it. All right. I don't feel so bad about it. Travis uh, saying he doesn't really hate me for it is pretty much the equivalent <laughs> of Travis saying he loved it to anybody yeah. else. So I'll take it. I will say, though, draft capital, though, man. He fell to the sixth. That's rough. It is. It is rough, and I, I never saw that coming. I thought he was sixth way more round. talented than a lot of the running backs that went ahead of him. But, you know, it. it yeah, I thought he was uh, a maybe, fourth or fifth round pick. Yeah, yeah. But maybe maybe it puts those a chip combine on numbers hurt him, man. Yeah, he, he yeah, maybe very, yeah. very poorly. Man, yeah, but that, he ran that, the that same. Tape was so good. <laughs> he ran the same forty time as Auden Tate. <laughs> All right, that's enough. That's enough. It's <laughs> enough of the hate here, Travis. So you're, you're gonna have you're two. Up. You're gonna have two four six nine speed guys on your. How do you know? Your... How do you know I'm taking Auden Tate? Oh, come on, how I'm not touching him. Know? I know you. I know you're gonna get him. Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, John Kelly off the board. Let's see here. Um, so I'm going to mm, – maybe let's see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Yeah, I'm going to do it. I'm going to take a guy who's kind of in the same situation that you just took a guy in. Um, I'm going to take Chase Edmonds, uh, running back Cardinals. So he was uh, drafted in the fourth round. So significant draft capital over John Kelly. <clears throat> uh, so he went to Fordham, and he had crazy, crazy awesome production, but obviously super small school playing, you know, the future accountants of America. Or no, that's probably too generous. Future um, PE teachers of America. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, but but he did produce in that situation at an elite level. So and he he comes into the Cardinals backfield, and again, he's one injury away. I think he I think he has a decent chance of climbing that depth chart into that number two position. Um, plus, he's a pretty electric player, and uh, I think he's going to be an immediate contributor on special teams. So I think he definitely makes the roster. Um, and yeah, should David Johnson go down, uh, I think he could have a significant role. And then again, is one of those guys where David Johnson goes down for four weeks, even you know, and Chase Edmonds comes in and and lights it up for a week or two, and you flip him for a second round pick, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's just it. I think when you take a guy that you project as that handcuff, especially here, I mean, you're taking him, and we're in the middle of the third round now. You know, you're taking a guy who you're spending a mid third round pick on that, you know, you're just you're banking on if if they get an opportunity or playing time because of an injury, they you know he's going to become valuable to another owner, maybe maybe a couple, but for sure one other owner, right? And uh, and then you're hoping that you can flip them and turn that third round pick into a high second or 
or whatever you can get. So yeah, um, I don't hate the pick just because of that. I, I think this is where you start taking those handcuff running backs, and I think that uh, that Edmonds is just that. So yeah, I, I'm on board with it. So I I am up next with a 3.07, and I'm going to take a guy that I think I think may actually have a, a decent opportunity here in his first year, and I'm going to take uh, a wide receiver that was drafted by the Houston Texans in uh, Kiki Kuti, and I'm going to I'm going to take a guy who I think has an opportunity to start in the slot right away for the Houston Texans. Um, I think that's uh, that's Kuti's role is he's going to be a slot receiver, um, and I think. I don't think there's a lot of competition there for him right now. Um, so I think he can slide into the number three wide receiver role. Um, you know, and if you want to count Steven Anderson as a tight end, even though I think he'll be split out wide, you know, there may be a lot of four wide receiver sets anyways in this offense. So I think this is a guy that, uh, while I wasn't huge on him coming into the draft, this is a guy who I think found a pretty good landing spot that can be had late. And I think he moved up my board because of it. Um, so what do you what are your thoughts on uh, on Kuti Travis? Uh, did I reach here for this one or? No, I honestly love this pick. I almost took him. Oh, nice. Sorry, that makes me feel a little bit better about it. We are way too in in line with each other today. Um, yeah, no, I I agree with pretty much everything you said. I think he has the ability to just be a, a burner, but I think he definitely has the ability in, in year one to play, to take over that slot role in that offense. He could absolutely be a 50 catch guy in year one. So yeah, cool. Yeah. I don't, I don't hate it. <laughs> um, so I'm going to, I'm going to end the Mason Rudolph slide here. Nice. Um, super flex. Uh, I don't. I don't see him going this late in most superflex draft. We're three oh eight is pretty damn late for Mason Rudolph. Um, I don't love taking him just because you're obviously he's going to sit on your bench for two three years probably um, before he even gets a shot. And even then, we don't know if he'll have been able to take advantage of that time setting and come out and be an NFL caliber caliber starter, you know? So it's, it's risky. Um, but he was a third round pick, uh, and he's, he does have the chance to sit behind a, a pretty darn good quarterback in big Ben. So yeah, I mean, you got to know you're going to sit on him obviously, but he, he, I mean, I, I kind of sort of liked him pre-draft and obviously I, I don't know. He had, there was rumors going around. He was going to be a first, you know, end of the first round pick. And I think that would have been worse for him than going in the third, because there would have been a higher chance of him starting right away and basically ruining his career because I don't think he's ready. So for him to sit behind big Ben for two years and, and learn, I think is a good thing. And so I think he's got a chance at some point to come out and um, potentially be, you know, maybe like a Case Keenum level starter. Not comparing the two players, but just, you know, that kind of fringe NFL starter that hangs around for a few years and, and provides super flex value. Yeah, I and that full disclosure that would have been my next pick would have been Rudolph and I think I think you and I see eye to eye. I love 
Love the landing spot. Um, I feel like him learning behind Big Ben uh, for a couple years is probably the best case scenario for him. Um, and I, I see him as that kind of caliber player too. Just a guy who is is gonna you know is gonna get gonna get starting opportunities. Is gonna be that fringe NFL starter. Um, and you know he's gonna be useful in Superflex for six seven years. You know before he becomes. Uh, a backup again, you know, somewhere. So, yeah, I I, I kind of see the the same thing with him, um, and I do think he probably goes earlier in most super flex mocks. But uh, I wasn't high on him coming out of college, and that's why um, I'm not so high on him right now. But I love the landing spot, and he he really rose up my rankings because of that. So, but it looks All right, like man, I, I think am, we're I'm I think up. we're boring the listeners. We got to start disagreeing on some guys here. Okay, well, just tell me I'm an idiot with this next pick, all right? Um, and this is a guy that it's funny because I ended up getting him in a league uh, that I believe you and I are in. I believe this this might have been like my only rookie pick in that league, and I took him way later than this. <laughs> but I'm, but I'm, I'm pretty high on him, and I'm high on the opportunity, and that is I'm going to take uh, wide receiver Cedric Wilson here. Uh, he, he went in the sixth round. He went to the Dallas Cowboys. And if you have any idea what's going on with Dallas's receivers, please let me know because I don't. I I don't trust Alan Hearns um, to, to stay healthy and to be a constant contributor in his first year in that offense. Uh, Michael Gallup was taken, and I like Michael Gallup, but, I mean, there's a rookie wide receiver. You've got a bunch of, of undersized slot guys. And then you have Cedric Wilson, who is just a, a, a speedster. You know, I mean, he was a playmaker at Boise State. He definitely is going to have a little bit of a learning curve, but he's the kind of guy who I'm going to take a flyer on here because I feel like I, I could see Dallas's receivers struggling. They're receiving core struggling a little bit and them looking for answers, you know, from within. And uh, maybe that gives this guy a chance and maybe Cedric Wilson takes advantage of it. So um, at this point of the draft, I don't feel bad taking. I'm a guy who I could see getting some opportunity on a team that maybe needs a wide receiver um, of his skill set. So um, I, I don't feel too bad taking him. Wasn't a guy I really had on my radar uh, very much going into the NFL draft, but I, I really liked the situation and where he was drafted. So, um, yeah, I don't know. What do you think, Travis? Man, I think you successfully uh, – <laughs> Made us disagree on on something. I I think you just wasted a pick, James. That's what I think. Nice. Okay. Well. Well. Why? Why? <laughs> who Tell the me hell why is I this guy? This what are the? This is a sixth round pick who wasn't on most people's radar. He's six two one eighty eight, dude. Yeah. That's yeah, like no, I'm, I'm... that's like praying mantis status. This dude is a praying mantis. Yeah. Anyways, no, he, he, I don't. <laughs> he's I, I and I guess I guess it uh, yeah I guess it depends on where you're getting your information from because I I um at uh, on NFL.com he's listed at six two one hundred ninety seven. I mean that's just shy of two hundred pounds. That's a big I'm difference. Not, yeah, yeah. So I'm not. Right, I'm well, not so even without that, I just don't. I don't know. I mean, I can't. I've never seen the guy play, so I can't hate on you too much. If you've actually watched him, uh, that's that's fine. You you can you can make that bet. And you're right. I mean, the the receiver core there is definitely open for some shakeups, and and he, it's not impossible, I guess. Um, I just feel honestly, you could have got him in the mid fourth, probably. I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. This guy's not even on my radar. 
So I'm going to look like oh, a wow. real dumbass okay. if he pans out. <laughs> and I'm going to look like a real dumbass if he doesn't. So <laughs> you put us in our corners here with Cedric Wilson. Yeah, yeah Cedric for well, well, Wilson. And yeah, yeah, no, and that's fair enough, man. I, I uh, There are some names that are, are in this range that I have valued that I'm pretty sure others have valued lower or higher. Um, and so, I, I, yeah, that, I'm kind of interested to hear what you, your perspective and our listeners' perspective. I'm interested to hear their feedback too, because um, not just on this pick, but on on ours in general. Just because um, I think this is really um, there, there's going to be a lot of people who are higher on certain guys and and lower on others, um, especially in this range. I could really see it varying greatly. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But uh, well, Travis, let's see if you can get me to disagree with one of your picks. You haven't been successful thus far, so let's see if you can do it. <laughs> You're on the clock, hmm, man. Should I pick a bad player like Cedric Wilson or? Uh, <laughs> oh, all right, no. So, <laughs> so I'm up at three ten, and I'm going to take Ito Smith. Um, he gets drafted to the Falcons, obviously, and I'm not going to lie, I kind of love it uh, because Tevin Coleman is an unrestricted free agent at the end of this year the chances they pay tevin coleman after just doling out that fairly large contract to freeman i think are pretty low so i think there's a there's a pretty decent shot he walks into some some significant touches in 2019 and he's an electric player um so yeah i i don't mind stashing him for a year and and see what happens if he can be that 1b to freeman's 1a yeah, I'm. Uh, I I don't really have strong feelings one way or the other on the pick. I'm I'm pretty meh with it. Um, That's and, not good And I, I I think I I get what you're saying. Um, and I think you made all the arguments that you can make for him. Is that the situation's pretty nice? I mean, he's walking into, like you said, Tevin Coleman's in a contract here. He's probably going to walk. He's going to demand more money on the open market, dude. That guy. That guy's better than than uh, a lot of people give him credit for. And I I. I think he's gone, and Edo Smith really doesn't have a whole lot of competition for for you know carries, you know outside of Tevin Coleman. So, yeah, I think uh, I think once Coleman leaves, it's going to be Freeman and Edo Smith backing him up. My problem is I don't I don't know that Edo Smith's going to do a whole lot with that opportunity because I just I just am not sold on him as a player, um, and so that's me kind of meh like I. Yeah, I'm okay with it, but I just don't think he compliments Freeman very well. I think uh, Coleman did some things a little bit differently than Freeman did, and I don't know that Edo Smith does, so um, that's that's my only concern with it. But again, I, I, I can't hate it, especially where you took him and the opportunity that he's about to get. So, um, yeah, I'm 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 just kind of I'm okay with it, but I, I I definitely don't hate it, and I I don't love it. I'm just it's, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> Fair enough. He was drafted two full rounds ahead of John Kelly. For what that's worth, it's it's not worth much. Yeah, not man. to you. <laughs> Ryan Weef was drafted really high. You tell me how that worked yeah, out. Yeah, we can so. we can pick outliers all day. Go ahead, three three eleven. Uh, yeah. He's not one of the couch. Okay, um, I'm gonna go. Uh, you kind of caught me off guard here. You got me all flustered, Travis, and I don't like that. <laughs> yeah, that's I tell goal. you what, I'm I, I'm gonna take a guy who. <laughs> God, I can't believe I'm taking this guy. It's a guy who I I. Uh, I, I I thought was going to go much higher, and he didn't, and so I'm going to take him. 
Um, I'm going to take DJ Shark, a uh, wide receiver that was taken by the Jacksonville Jaguars. And speaking of draft capital, DJ Shark was taken in the third round of the draft by the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I'm surprised, Travis, you didn't jump all over this guy. But uh, but he's a speedster. I mean, I, I, I think he's he's kind of one-dimensional. Um you know, in, in that in that term, but I mean, the one thing that he does really well um, is something that Jacksonville can use. Uh, and I don't, I, I mean, that Jacksonville wide receiver core. I, I mean, I don't, I'm not really enamored with any of it. I think, um, I you know, and I, 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 not that I'm huge with DJ Shark either, but um, you know, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, you know, he ran a four three forty at the combine, so I mean, that's something. He had a forty inch vertical jump. He, he did all right. He, he had a so I, I I don't know. I guess I guess my thing is is I'll, I'll bet on the intangibles here. I'll bet on a guy who was drafted in the third round, and I'll hope that he gets some opportunity in Jacksonville, and uh, maybe he's the one receiver Blake Bortles can't overthrow. So. Uh, oh no, Travis is mad at me because I said no. something bad about Blake Bortles, his man crush. <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just well, I'm not I'm just not all that interested. I mean, he was sitting at the top of this list that I've got here, but I've picked several people below him um, that I just like better. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly, I just I mean, that situation is garbage, man. I I don't know. Yeah, I, who you could literally just you could put them all on a wall and throw a dart, and you've got a you've got a equal chance of, of hitting on the guy who's going to succeed or, or and or even come close to breaking out. I mean, I think I'm still on the Marquise Lee bandwagon, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean there there's a lot there's a lot of receivers there. Um I mean, Alan Lazard is probably the guy I'm taking in rookie drafts one to two rounds later than this just because mm-hmm. he's like a I don't know. He's a bigger guy. He's got decent speed. Like I don't know, man. Um, but, but Travis, 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 draft capital. I know, man. I know capital. it. I know it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to give you a hard time about that. Yeah, even though I'm yeah. not, I'm not really sold on this pick either. No, I mean, but... he might get an opportunity, but he's not. Let's not pretend he's a second or first round pick either. I mean, very true. Very true. I don't know. Marquise Lee was a second round pick, and he's still not getting ton of volume um all right well that's fine i'm gonna go ahead and just pick because i'm i'm okay with that pick i think <laughs> he i will say i think he goes a lot earlier in most drafts than we have taken him here mm-hmm. uh he might even be like a late second round pick uh in most rookie drafts so can't really blame you for it there um let's see i am going to take Man, this seems really early. Um, uh oh, I hear reach. I'm gonna take Bo Scarborough, dude. Oh man, okay. Um, you know me. I love my big athletic running backs, and this dude is big and he is athletic. <laughs> um, and, you know, so I, I again, we're back to the Chase Edmonds, John Kelly type of situation where. I, I might like this one a little bit more, though. I think I think Bo Scarborough has pretty pretty high, like pretty intense upside. Where if he were to get a chance, I think he'd actually really do very very well. Whereas John Kelly and Chase Edmonds 
probably will do well in like a fill-in role, but I think I think Bo Scarborough's got more upside than that. Obviously, he's, obviously he's not going to take Zeke's job, so a, even even that upside's limited. I mean, everybody knows Zeke is coming back if something does happen, so you've got a pretty limited sell window, and nobody's going to overpay for a guy that they know is going to be a backup, and when that front runner guy comes back, so. Um, it's still a pretty limited pick, but I, I like the profile. I like the player, um, and I think he has absolutely. I, I think he definitely takes that number two job before week one. So he is the new Zeke handcuff, in my opinion. And I'll draft that at the end of the third. Yeah, I'm, I'm fine with that. I, I don't see anything special with Rod Smith, even though it seems like Dallas loved him last year. Um, I'm, I yeah, I could see Bo Scarborough beating him out, and I'm not a huge Bo Scarborough fan, but I love the I I like the landing spot, I really do. Um, I I don't think anyone saw him coming into the draft as a guy who was going to be drafted as a starting running back for any team, so you kind of had a feeling that he was you know going to be a backup or at best you know best case scenario he winds up as part of a committee somewhere, but. Um, I think the signing spot is fine. I mean, if he gets a chance, he's running behind Dallas's offensive line. He's a big bruising back that, you know, can make yards, um, you know, uh, after first contact. And, and I like that. Um, and, I mean, you, you know me, Travis. Yeah, you're one Zeke suspension away from getting like eight games out of this guy starting. So, and that to me is a big concern. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with the pick here. I definitely see the, the upside there. Um and so, yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't hate that pick either. Hey, real quick, this episode is brought to you by gtbets.eu, an official sponsor of the Super Flexible Podcast and the Dynasty Football Network. Are you looking to get some action in on today's games? Head over to gtbets.eu for all of your sports betting needs with updated odds covering all major sports. The bottom line gtbets.eu will have you placing your first bet within minutes with their simple-to-use registration process. So register now and earn up to $500 in free money. Simply add Superflex in the referred by field to get the highest possible welcome bonus. That's Superflex, all one word, for your welcome bonus at gtbets.eu. Man, it seems like I'm just knocking it out of the park here. Yeah, yeah, you, you kind of are. Well, well, guess what? I'm, I'm once again going to be the, uh, the lightning rod, and I have a feeling that I'm going to take a guy, and you're going to tell me how bad I reached and how stupid I am. But that's okay. It's that's hard okay, to reach in the I'm fourth take round, you. man. <laughs> Watch me. <laughs> Watch me do it. Unless it's odd. All right. Well, I t- no, no, I'm not doing that yet. But I, I tell you what, I am going to go with a tight end, okay? And when I say I'm going with a tight end, your mind probably goes to a different, couple different, couple different options. I'm going to go with an option that I don't think your mind is is going to go to, and I'm going to go to a guy that I was really high on uh, before the draft. He went to a spot that he's going to have some immediate competition from another rookie, and I'm Mark not Andrews. all that worried about it. I'm I'm going to take Mark Andrews. Yeah, that, that's who you I'm going to take. I'm going to take Mark Andrews here, and I, I like him better than Hayden Hurst, especially as a receive, as a fantasy player, as a fantasy tight end. I think Mark Andrews is a better receiving tight end. I think he puts up better numbers, and... I mean, let's let's face it, man. Hayden Hurst is going to be old. He's going to be what twenty five. I mean, and tight end isn't a position that you come into the league and you learn right away and you're you know contributing. Most guys take a couple years. 
you know, if, if, if Hayden Hurst does that, you know, he's 27 or 28 before he's contributing for your fantasy team. Um, uh, you know, and, and we'll get to him, I guess. But, you know, that's, in my opinion, that's that's Andrews' main competition early on. Um, and so I, uh, I I think I can make a case that Mark Andrews will be the better tight end. Um, I would have liked a better landing spot, but I'm okay with him in Baltimore. Um, and so I'm going to I'm gonna take him here. But uh, it sounded like you kind of liked him too, so I'm feeling a little bit better about this pick already. Yeah, I like Mark Andrews a lot. Um, and there's no way I'm touching Hayden Hurst in rookie drafts. I'm waiting. and no, So this is pretty abnormal. I will say most rookie drafts that I've seen so far, Hayden Hurst is being drafted ahead of Mark Andrews. Yeah, I agree. I've seen that too several times. So yeah. I thought I was in the minority so, for sure. So, yeah, no, I'm liking the whole sit back and, and let Hayden Hurst go off the board and take Mark Andrews around later. Um, but obviously we're in the fourth already, so... Not much wiggle room there. Yeah. I just I think we. It's hard, you know, when you've got a two person draft room. <laughs> if we both don't like a guy, yeah. Yeah. he's gonna fall a lot farther than he will in most rookie drafts. Um, because again, like you know, everybody always says, it only takes one team. Uh, to reach or to like a guy to take him, you know. So I, I think mm-hmm. this is probably yeah. the exception to the rule. But yeah, I love this pick, man. I think he's definitely the the tight end to own in Baltimore in Dynasty Leagues. And, yeah, I, I I like him. I like the pick. Wow. Dude, Travis, you and I are spitting straight fire right know, now. People too... cannot believe <laughs> that we are both in agreement that Mark Andrews is the second tight end off the board. That is so cool. All right. Um, Travis, you're up, man. Uh, you got uh, the 4.02 here. Yeah, it's hard. It's tough because, I mean, most of the time you're going to see Dallas Godert go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Before both of those guys, he's usually the second tight end off the board, even despite going to Philly. Um, and I, I really, really like Dallas Goddard. It's just hard for me yeah. to take a guy like, dude, Trey Burton had 18 receptions last year. Six touchdowns, though. Right. But 18 receptions, dude. Like, if I'm getting right, a right. rookie who's going to grow into the freaking Trey Burton role in Philadelphia. Like, what am I, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah, It's just tough for me to take a guy that just seems like he's really going to be a roster clogger for a long time. Yeah, Um, and it's hard to see where where he, you know, who who does he take receptions from? I mean, I can't see him taking them from Jeffrey. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, there's nowhere else that those receptions come from. So I mean, it's it's possible that they kind of shift things around and, but probably not. I mean, he's a rookie tight end. It's just hard. Yeah, it's hard for absolutely. people to accept, like, hey, this was our tight end one, and to back off of that. But, I mean, yeah, rookie yeah. tight ends in general don't produce, and then you get a rookie tight end, even though he was your one, your, your number one, he goes to a really, really, really crappy situation for fantasy production from a tight end, and he's still a rookie. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree with all that. Yeah. Um, all right, so I am up here at four. Don't snipe me. Just don't snipe me. Man, I don't even know who I would take to snipe you right now. All right, cool. Um, well, I, I got a guy that I'm looking at. Just just don't take him. All right, don't do it. I'm going to take Jordan Wilkins. Oh, okay. Um, I don't love his profile, honestly. Um, but he went into a good situation. Everybody's talking about Marlon Mack like he's... Like he came out of the draft, Scott, or is that a is that a phrase, Scott free? He came out of Scott free. It I is. I feel like that's a it phrase. Is, yeah. yeah, 
and it's that's a, not it's a phrase. that's not the case, man. Like I heard a podcast yesterday, I think that was like Indianapolis didn't draft any running backs. I'm like, what are you talking? They took two, bro. They took two running backs. So yeah, I'm not not optimistic for Marlon Mack and Wilkins is. Um, the one on the roster who profiles as, you know, an, an in between the tackles banger type of guy. Um, so he's fifth round pick. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to like, it's hard to uh, hype up a guy who you're taking at 403 or 402, but he goes to a wide open situa- situation. He was drafted in the fifth round. He's got a shot at being the 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 banger on that team, and so that's really my whole entire case for him. But man, it's hard for me to take a guy who ran a four seven one. Yeah, yeah. There's that, and and the only other knock I have on him is, I mean, dude, the, this guy is uh, he's going to be 24 years old at the start of the year, so he's not he's not a younger player and especially for running back when when you know we have this kind of 30 year oh you're 30 you know you're a 30 year old running back okay bye and and it's just kind of you know they they end up on a heap pretty much somewhere unless you're Frank Gore um but that's just it for me is that if you draft a guy like this you know and and you're right at this spot I mean it's definitely I mean there's very little risk and I mean, he he could have the opportunity this year, and and I think I think if you draft him though, that's kind of what you need. You don't have a couple years for this guy to kind of find his groove, um, because then you're you know you you got a, a guy who's 27 who's starting for the first time or who's seeing significant carries. So that would be my one thing is is that you know you have you know that limited athletic profile and then kind of a limit with that age. So. I think that's why he's falling a little bit, but but you're absolutely right. I mean, the situation couldn't be nicer when yeah. he's going to be battling Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines, who can't hold on to the ball um, for for carries. I mean, that's that's not a that's not a poor situation at all. So, um, yeah, no, I, I I don't I don't hate that the pick at all at this point. I think I think that's a pretty solid. Pick. Yeah, for the record, none of these guys I'm drafting this late. I'm drafting to be core assets on my team who I'm hoping pan out for years to come. If you're, if you're hoping that you're not ever going to succeed because I mean, these guys just aren't that talented. That's just the way it is. So, I mean, this is a type of guy where I'm hoping I'm looking to flip this guy. The second he shows solid production for a week or two in a row, you know, yeah, yeah, I think I think it's really rare that you get a guy that uh, that ends up being a uh, a total superstar in the fourth round. You know, I I don't think that happens very often. It probably doesn't even happen every year. It's probably once every two three years. There's somebody, some diamond in the rough that you can find that you go, man, I feel really good about having this guy, and oh look where I got him. You know, so um, yeah, I, I I get that. I totally get that. But um, but I, I think part of it is part part of the reasoning for us is to not only show why we took the guy, but also show why he fell. Um, and I, I think I think that might be why Jordan Wilkins is falling. Is you know, like you said, the the four seven one, you know that that he ran. You know, I mean that doesn't show the greatest of speed, obviously, for a running back and the age. I think are both um, issues for him. But um, other than that, I mean, I, yeah, I, I like the pick here. Um, there's definitely uh, some upside there. Um, so I'm on the board, and you did not snipe me, which which I'm pretty happy about because I'm 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 really interested in talking about this pick, 
and uh, and kind of the situation that he he fell into because I I kind of like his situation and uh, and and I'm interested to kind of see if you agree or disagree with me. I'm going to take Kyle Walletta, uh, the quarterback that uh, the Giants drafted, and um, I think. <sighs> I mean, I think we talked about Kyle Walletta a little bit uh, on this podcast previously, um, and I know John really liked him, and he ends up going to the Giants. He's going to sit behind Eli Manning, and I don't think that's terrible. I mean, um, if he sits behind Eli Manning and Eli plays for a couple more years and Walletta gets a chance to play, you know, and and he beats out Davis Webb, which, you know, I I don't really, I mean, we get kind of some mixed signals out of Giants camp regarding him but this this is a gentleman guy um and and Webb isn't so I think I, that gives him the uh a little bit of an edge there and also if it, you know if Eli does play for a couple more years and Odell Beckham is back I mean you figure this guy could be throwing to Odell Beckham Jr. Sterling Shepard Evan Ingram and have Saquon Barkley um all his weapons you know in a couple years when he gets to play I mean that's uh, that's an appetizing situation. So, I mean, he's a guy that you, you might have to sit on for a couple of years, but if you have that spot available, um, I think it's a high upside guy in a two QB or quarter, uh, super flex type league. So, um, what do you think, Travis? Am I way off on this? No, man. I mean, he's worth a dart throw, uh, in the fourth round of a super flex draft for sure. If you've got the, if you've got the roster space, but I mean, there, there's, more of a chance that he doesn't pan out than there is that he does, obviously. Um, even if, you know, I, everything that you said I agree with. I mean, the situation could be potentially fantastic for him coming in two years from now or one year from now. Um, and that that could definitely happen. But I just don't know if you should bank on it happening with a fourth-round pick at the quarterback position. I mean, what are the chances they view this guy as the heir apparent to Eli Manning? Probably pretty slim. I imagine they'll still draft a, a quarterback with much higher um, draft capital in the next year or two than, than Kyle Lalletta had. But there's a chance that doesn't happen, so it's definitely worth a shot. Yeah, yeah, I, I kind of recognize some of that, that risk too, um, and I think... Like you said, you know, at at this pick, I think I'm okay with it. But yeah, absolutely, there's there's some risk. And like you said, you know, quarter when you're drafting a quarterback that was drafted this late in the NFL draft, you know, your your hit rate's pretty low. So you know, you're probably not drafting a, a potential Pro Bowler. But I mean, there is that chance that he does hit, and I think the chance um, is magnified when you have a supporting cast that he may have if he gets that chance. So um, yeah, no, that's all I'm kind of looking at. But you. Uh, have the next pick here, Travis. You are on the on the clock with the four point oh four here. Indeed, um, it's getting pretty pretty bare. I'm gonna take Jamon Moore. Oh, I was really hoping you were gonna do that. Actually, I was. Okay, you cool. were hoping I would. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, but but not in a bad way. Not in a bad way at all. But I I just really want to talk about this guy. So <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, so this was the first wide receiver that Green Bay drafted this year. Um, we talked about it last show. They did the whole draft three of one position and hope one of them pans out thing that they did with running back last year. Um, they took Jamon Moore uh, and end of the fourth round. And honestly, I didn't really know much about the guy, but 
he's a fourth round receiver, and he was the first of three taken. Uh, and he's got a pretty good athletic profile. Um, I just feel like you know in the fourth round, it, ESB went two twelve, dude, and he was drafted two full rounds later than this guy on the same team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean obviously there's he's got that. ESB has that sexy name cachet. Everybody knows who he is, and and he was he was supposed to go a lot higher, but the fact is that he didn't. Uh, and this guy went above him, two full rounds above him, and two full wide receiver selections above him. So I don't mind stashing this guy and and seeing if he pans out as the wide receiver that they chose first. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I really don't don't hate this pick at all. And um and yeah, I mean I look, I I I'm just gonna go come out and say it. I, I really feel like you look at Green Bay's wide receivers right now, and and there's there's some I mean there's some question marks. I mean I I, I love Devonte Adams. I think you and I agree on that, Travis. We're both really high on Devonte Adams. You have Randall Cobb, who they've kind of shown some support for, and then they kind of take it back, and then they give him some more opportunity. And I, he he's all right. I mean I I really feel like uh, like they're okay with him, but I don't think. Um, yeah, you know, and then and then what else? I mean, I, I I don't see a whole lot else outside of those guys um, that that really scares me and that that makes me believe that one of the three wide receivers that they drafted isn't going to get a chance. And why not Jamon Moore because he's the high, he's the one they drafted highest. So I mean, obviously, I I would think that they liked him the most, or else they would have taken one of those other guys before him, right? So, um, so yeah, no, I know I I like the pick. I think it's solid. It really is and, as simple as that. I mean, sometimes we need to not overthink things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah, he's got and, a it's, shot. and it's not just that. It's not just that, but he's got a shot in an offense that's going to be run by Aaron freaking Rodgers for a, a long time. So I mean, it's not like he's gonna you know have a shot in you know Buffalo. I mean, this guy's going to have a shot in Green Bay, and if, if yeah, I mean, if you hit on this pick, I mean, this could be this could be huge. This could be that one pick that you go, oh man, I'm so happy I got this guy in the fourth round. There's no way that'll happen ever again in a rookie draft, you know. Um, that this could be that pick. So yeah, I like it a lot. Awesome, dude. You're up at the 405. Yeah, and uh, I I think you're going to love take this. MBS? I am going to take MVS. I'm going to take <laughs> Marquez, Vandal, and Scantling. And I had these guys back-to-back wait, in my wait, rankings. I had Jamon Moore first. Uh, Marquez, Vandal, uh, uh, Valadez, <laughs> Scantling. I'm sorry. won too many drinks tonight. But, um, but no, I, I – and, and here's the thing. Look, I had these guys back-to-back. I had Jamon Moore first, obviously. Um, but then I had Valadez, Scantling. And, and both these guys are kind of similar. They both have um, some, some – yeah, I mean, they both have a big body, big frame. Uh, Scantling is 6'4", 206 pounds. Um, he ran a four three seven forty at that weight. So the more I the more I kind of dug in on him, the more I was like, boy, man, this guy can. I mean, this guy's got some measurables. He athletic. Uh, he he definitely uh, has a, has a really legitimate athletic profile. Um, and at USF, he was pretty productive too. So um, he's raw. He's he he definitely needs some work. But this is a guy that again. I mean, I just say all the things I just said about Javon Moore. Um, this is a guy that if he hits and if he is, you know, uh, a guy that's going to get opportunity in Green Bay, he's going to have Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball for the next, you know, foreseeable future. He's going to be in a pass-happy, high-volume offense. And, you know, at, at this point of the draft, I think he's worth taking a fire on. So, um, yeah. 
Joel, you, you, you made the Jamal Moore pick. How about this one? What do you think? Yeah, man, I mean, it's a pretty logical pick in, in this range. One of these three could potentially be a pretty big hit. Um, and I'm gonna take I'm gonna take one of the two in the fourth round. Honestly, I'm not touching ESB in the second round. Um. So yeah, I mean this guy's an athletic freak, uh, but he's super super raw. So I mean he might he might have to sit for a little bit and and uh, get more a little bit more polished and and better route runner and whatnot. But yeah, I mean can't really hate it, dude. Fourth round, what are you going to do? <laughs> cool. Yeah, yeah, fourth round, it's really hard to hate any of these picks, right? I mean, yep. So, well, wait, in, in, wait for yeah, it. Yeah, let's wait, wait until the 411 on your last pick. Um, All right, cool. So I'm going to go ahead and take my guy here because I don't want to risk you sniping me anymore. I'm at the 406, and this this should have been in the intro, James. Chris Warren the third. Has signed. Oh yeah, I saw has that. How cool! With the Oakland Raiders. Um, yep. Undrafted yep. And, free agent. What a great agent. situation for him, dude, dude. He went to at this point. So at this point in the process, he's an undrafted free agent. We are what eight days post draft, six days post draft. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. Monday and. There's already been a bunch of signings, and so at this point in the process, Chris Warren the third goes to the most ideal situation you could have possibly thought of. I mean, it's the most open remaining depth chart that I can think of where he can compete for touches uh, with Marshawn and Doug Martin, like both of these aging veterans who we don't really know. We don't really know how much they've got left. Uh, he could. He could absolutely compete for uh, a starting or not. I'm sorry. Let me back up. He could compete and win a roster spot. Let's be realistic. And I really, really like the player. He's got insane power, insane size. Um, he can catch the ball. His three cone was off the charts for his height and weight. So he's got some agility um, and. I think he makes the team, man. I, I love that spot for him. I'm super stoked for him to, to sign with Oakland. Um, and, yeah, I mean, there's only those two old guys in front of him. So you could absolutely see one of those guys going down. He gets he gets a shot and then shows some spark. And, and I don't know, man. It's not outside of the range of possibilities that he has fantasy impact. Yeah, no, it it isn't, and and I think he makes a team too. And I, you know, I don't know this for a fact, but I I don't think he has a whole lot of special teams um, experience. And maybe I'm wrong, but I don't. I don't remember. I don't think ever he does. That about him, and that. Yeah, and that you know, and that's the thing is that if he doesn't, um, that could be something that works against him because he doesn't have that versatility, but. Dude, this this is an Oakland Raider. This is a John Gruden type of player. This is a guy who is going to run hard. He's going to bash people. Exactly, he's he's hard nosed. He's like old school, yep. man. This this is this is like a fit. This is a, when you went through the draft prospects and you went, okay, this guy going here would be the perfect fit. Dude, I cannot think of a better fit for Chris Warren than going to the Raiders. It's really I mean, amazing. This is perfect. Yeah. 
perfect, really good spot for him. And yeah, and I, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I, Marshawn Lynch has played at a high level for a long time, but you know, some are questioning whether or not it's been too long now. You know, and and then you have Doug Martin, and you know, I, I think I think John Gruden liked him a lot. You know, he's been in Tampa Bay for a while. But, I mean, you know, what Doug Martin are you getting? It seems like every other year you get a different Doug Martin. So, um, you know, if you're getting the one that's not very effective, I could definitely see not only Chris Warren making the team, but even, you know, having a fantasy impact, you know, moving forward. So, yeah, no, I love I love the spot. I love the pick. Um, obviously, he's a favorite of the shows, too. So um, I, I, I obviously can't say anything. I mean, I, I, I love it. I like it. Yeah, and if... We got a, we got some new listeners recently, so we actually interviewed Chris Warren. Um, you can go back to episode thirty A and check that out. Uh, we brought him on the podcast; so it was pretty cool. So yeah, glad to take him here. Um, he wasn't even being drafted before; he just signed today with the Raiders on Monday, uh, the seventh. So I imagine he'll creep into this fourth round pretty consistently. Um, or hopefully not, and I'll just get him everywhere. I think that would be cool too. Yeah, yeah. There so, you go. I, I'm definitely going to be looking for him in the fourth too. Back off, so, dude. If we're in any draft together, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We're in any drafts together, man. You need to watch out if I'm picking before you in the fourth. But um, I, all right, so that puts me on the clock with the 4.07, um, and I, I'm going to do it at this point. I'm going to take my next highest rated tight end. And that's Dallas Goddard. And I'm, I'm going to take Dallas Goddard because I, I, obviously, I mean, we talked about him a little bit. His situation isn't great. I mean, he he ends up in Philadelphia. And like you said, he's got that role where, I mean, I don't see a lot of, of upside for him. The only thing I will say is that, I mean, P- Doug Peterson's gone and um, so is John DeFilippo. And, and it'll be interesting to kind of see what happens with that offense and do they use two more two tight end sets do they use Dallas Goddard in the slot or Zach Ertz in the slot um how do they use these guys you know and and I guess my my whole thing is maybe with a new offense and maybe with a uh you know a a a different different outlook um maybe maybe they maybe they use them a little bit and I I don't know I, at this point, I don't think I'm reaching too much. I mean, it's it's the middle of the fourth round, and this is a guy that I think we both kind of liked his talent, you know, coming into the draft, and it was just kind of the landing spot at this point. So um, this is a guy that you, you may have to wait a couple years on, too, before you kind of see that return on investment, and you can kind of expect that with tight ends um, in general. At least I do normally when I take a tight end. I don't expect a whole lot out of them their first couple years. So um, doing this at the 4.07, I'm, I'm just basically taking the guy who I, I really liked his talent. And even though his situation kind of sucks, I'm, I'm going to take him and just bank that his talent, uh, eventually will break through and they'll, they'll have to find a way to put him on the field. Yeah. So I think that, uh, let, let's hope anybody listening, this doesn't turn you off of our show because we, we, we need to recognize that Goddard is definitely going ahead of this in 99% of of rookie drafts, Um, and we know Mm -hmm. that. Uh, And so, obviously, insane value for you here. Um, Like we said earlier, when you get a two-person draft room, there's going to be guys that fall because just those two random people happen to not like him. Uh, or not like not not like him. Like we both like the player, but we don't like the situation, and so that's why he fell. So, um, in Goddard's defense, he will be drafted significantly higher in most actual rookie drafts. So, 
um, yeah, I'm gonna throw that out there. I love, obviously, you got insane value on that one. Um, I'm up at the 408, and I am going to take Darius Fountain, uh, wide receiver, Indianapolis Colts. Uh, he was picked in the fifth round. Uh, second wide receiver they took. Um, but I like I like his profile, and that wide receiver room is pretty darn barren at the moment. So he's got a chance to see the field, man, and that's all you can hope for in the, in the end of the fourth round. Yeah, yeah, and that's, that's exactly what I was going to say. Not a player that I had my eye on. Um, you know, coming into the draft, but obviously a guy who, I mean, Indy has nothing. I mean, you're right. The cupboard's absolutely bare at wide receiver at this point. And so you take him and you just hope that, you know, he outperforms some of the other guys that haven't established themselves in the league and he gets an opportunity, you know, outside, uh, opposite of TY and maybe Luck is back and healthy. And, uh, you know, that, that could, could end up being a, a really nice pick, but, um, that's just it, you know. At, at the, you know, in the fourth round, again, I just want to stress that we're, you know, it, I, I don't think you can have a bad pick here in the fourth round because you, you take your guy, you take the guy that you want, that you're you're high on, that you can see having an opportunity to break out, and you know, it, it's a fourth round pick. I mean, what did you really lose if he didn't break out? I mean, that probably the other ten or eleven guys that are taken are, are probably you know in the same boat to to some extent, you know. Um, so. I don't think that there's a lot of risk here, so I think you know shooting your shot and taking your guy that you're you're high on, um, you know, is is the way to go. And so yeah, I, I, and I can see, I could see a scenario where Fountain ends up being fantasy relevant. So yeah, absolutely, I don't, I don't hate the pick at all. Sweet man, four oh nine. All right, I'm on the clock with the four oh nine. I I'm gonna take another guy. This and and uh, this is a guy who um, played at Northwestern. Um, he was a running back. He was super productive. He's not a guy who, who projects athletically, doesn't have a great athletic profile, isn't a guy who projects as a workhorse back, but is a guy that went into a situation where I'm not totally sold on the, the top option, and I think that this guy could end up seeing um, some carries. And I'm going to go with uh, with Justin Jackson, um, running back out of uh, oh, Northwestern snap. that ended up, ended up going to it's the Chargers. Melvin Gordon and, shade. Uh, I love it. Yeah, yeah, and I, 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 yeah, man, and and we're not, I, you know, I've, I've, I've pointed out, and again, I, I know yards per carry isn't everything, but when you've had three seasons and your yards per carry has not gone over four point oh, um, in any of those three years, I mean, you're, you're just not efficient with, with your carries at that point, and I'm just wondering how long it takes for, for you know, the Chargers to kind of look at that and go, ah. You know, maybe it's time to kind of mix somebody else in at least a little bit and see if he can be more effective that way where he's not carrying the full workload. And and if that's the case, I think, you know, Austin Eckler's a nice uh, a nice piece out of the backfield that's a pass-catching back. But maybe Justin Jackson's that guy that can take, you know, 8 to 10 carries off of Melvin Gordon, and that's kind of what I'm hoping for here. I don't know that he is. Um, I don't know that he projects as that, and, you know, he's um, – you know, he was a guy that was highly productive. He's a football player. He's not, you know, he's not going to blow you away with his measurables or anything. But, you know, definitely a guy who knows how to play the game. And again, he was productive at a program that doesn't normally produce a whole lot of productive running backs. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, I'm going to take him here and just kind of take a swing for the fences and um, and hope that the Chargers start to see 
that Melvin Gordon maybe needs needs some breathers at the very least to try to be more efficient. I don't know. What do you think, Travis? Yeah, man, I, I don't I like it. Um, I will say though, I think that he fits more into the ancillary receiver back receiving back role, like the Eckler role, more so than the the Melvin Gordon role. Um, I mean, this guy is. So let's let's just compare here for a second. So so Justin Jackson is six foot one ninety three. His BMI is twenty six point two, dude. Austin Eckler's five nine, so he's shorter, but he's one ninety nine, so his BMI is much higher, twenty nine point four. So as far as like Austin Eckler's like a shorter, thicker guy, Justin Jackson is this tall, lanky dude, um, and the difference between. Um, the 33rd pick in the seventh round, and uh, that's for Justin Jackson and Austin Eckler being an undrafted free agent. I mean, there's the the draft capital is negligible there, obviously. Um, so I'm not, I don't know, man. I think, I mean, it's not good that they brought him in. It's not good for Eckler. I I really liked Eckler, um, but yeah, I mean, I agree that they're bringing in pieces. Uh, and I think that that's not a coincidence. I think that they know that their running back position is not 100% fixed. Um, so I, I agree on your larger point there. Yeah, and, and real quick, I will say Justin Jackson on NFL.com, and and I think I think they have the numbers that he was he was at his combine, um, but he was he was six foot one ninety nine, so about six foot two hundred. And I think that's adequate size for a running back, especially coming into the league, because you got to figure a lot of these guys come in and end up putting on weight, you know, when they have those professional weight trainers that they're working with and teams have goals for them to be at. So I could see him adding another 5, 10 pounds and being at six foot 205, 210. And I, I think that's big enough, man. I think that's big enough to, to be a guy who can run between the tackles. Um, and, and I'm not seeing him as, as a, a lead back type guy ever. Um, but I think that's a guy that could take eight to 10 carries, like I said, away from Melvin Gordon eventually. Um, and, and, hope that you know maybe the chargers kind of hope hey look maybe if we can keep this guy fresh you know he'll he'll be more efficient with his carries and we can kind of split him up this way and this will be better for us that that type of thing so um but yeah no i mean to to your point i definitely feel like he definitely has a little bit more length and um is a little bit more wiry at this point but i i think he has he has the ability and he'll probably add another five ten pounds and i could see him holding up to to eight to ten carries a week you know, if, if that's what he's asked to do. And that's, again, that's, that's my upside for him. You know, that's what I'm hoping for, you know, upside wise, uh, for him. So, um, I'm definitely not, not thinking a whole lot, but, uh, something, something that, that I think that, you know, if you're at the fourth round, you're in the fourth round, you're hoping that you can get something out of these guys is basically where I'm at, especially, you know, this late in the fourth. Yeah, for sure. Can't, can't hate you on that. Um, so last pick, I took Darius Fountain to the Colts. I think a lot of people probably were screaming at their their phone because Deion Kane is still on the board, uh, and he was also drafted to the Colts, but much much earlier. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and take Deion Kane. Again, it's this, basically the same argument. I guess not much much earlier, huh? Mm-mm. What, no, what not was, much. When when was uh? How far apart were they? I can't remember. That's a good question. I don't. I don't know the um, the exact. Oh my God, Darius uh, Fountain was. I'm were. stupid. 
Fountain was drafted first. Was he? Okay, see, that I didn't know. I knew know. that. I'm dumb. Anyways, so Fountain was drafted in the fifth. Deion Kane drafted in the sixth. But, again, I mean, these guys, either one of them could end up panning out. Neither of them could end up panning out. But both of them, I think, will get a chance because the Colts have pretty much nothing at wide receiver. So that's my whole argument. I'll, I'll take him in the fourth and hope, you know, keep him on my on my bench or my taxi squad for a little while and see what happens. Yeah, again, I can't, I can't even say anything about a fourth round pick. I, re- I really can't. Uh, the only thing I'll say, the only thing I'll say is Deion Kane. I out of all the receivers that I watched tape on, and I watched, I think I watched tape on thirty eight guys this year um, at the receiver position. I think I think I had his as the worst. Um, and and I'm I, I know I'm in the minority there. Wow. There's a lot of guys who liked what they saw out of Kane. I did not. I, I do not think this guy projects as an NFL type guy. But again, I mean, he's going to the Colts. He doesn't have to beat out any other NFL caliber players because at that position outside of TY, I don't think they have any. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, can, I definitely can't knock it because the opportunities are there, you know, for him to beat out just a couple of also-rans and have fantasy significance. And so, yeah, I mean, at this point of the draft, I think you're looking at that either upside in talent or upside in situation, and I think you nailed it with these Colts. Uh, receivers, uh, as far as the upside in situation goes. All right, man, your last pick, four eleven. Do what you got to do, dude. You are frothing at the mouth right now, aren't you? Because you know, know what's, what's coming, coming, and you're just ready. You're you're ready to to totally unleash unleash all sorts of fury. <laughs> and uh, I I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna oblige. I'm gonna let you go ahead and do it. I am going to take my guy. I'm going to take Auden Tate. And, um, again, I, I, I really like Auden Tate. And apparently I am totally in the minority with that. Um, but I, I, I like the guy. I like what I saw on film. I know that athletically he does not profile to be much. Um, he, he really doesn't. And you brought that up several times. I mean, his 40 time was terrible. Um, he didn't run a whole lot better at his pro day. He um, ran worse. But he's a guy that, I, I mean... On on his fil- when I watch his film, I see a guy who can point the, the ball. Day. He's he ran worse at the yep. pro day, yes. And so I I, uh, I I'm glad you got that in. You're welcome, Travis. Thanks. Um, I, <laughs> I I totally get that. But I dude on tape, I just see a guy who's physically dominant. Uh, just a guy who you can throw up a jump ball to, and he's going to come down with it. And so I got to feel like that type of guy at least has some red zone ability. At least has some sort of. Uh, is some sort of a red zone threat, and I look at where he went to, and he went to the Cincinnati Bengals in the seventh round. Um, obviously, draft capital-wise, that's not a whole lot of an investment, but I, I just I, I don't see what else they have there. I mean, John Ross is is still a question mark, um, but I mean, I, I I'm not a I'm not a Tyler Boyd fan. I, I I'm not a Brandon Waffell guy. I don't know that they have a whole lot there, and I know that you're going to tell me that this guy shouldn't be on an NFL roster and he doesn't project to be an NFL player and blah, blah, blah. But from what I saw on tape, I feel like he can have a role in the NFL, especially in the red zone. Dude, just put him out there and throw the ball up to him in the corner of the end zone and see what happens. Like I think he's going to come down with it more times than not. So I think he at least has a role as as that. Um, so I'm taking him at the 4-11, um, but, uh, but I can't wait to hear, hear you... Uh, here you go on this one. So, uh, so Travis, what do you think about that pick? Uh, it's a waste of a pick, but I'm not going to go too crazy on you. I, I, mm-hmm. 
have had my Auden Tate rant, and it was much too long last time. Um, but like I said on Twitter, man, it's not bad. It's not a bad pick for a guy who's going to compete for the tight end three job with CJ Uzoma. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Well, you know, uh, for the record, if he does move to tight end, a, a great tight end. Uh, Tyler Eifert did only sign, did only sign, <laughs> Tyler Eifert did only sign a one year deal. Okay. So there's that. And, and B, um, I, I would I actually on some of the teams that that I, I may have out in Tate on I would love him to have that tight end eligibility so I'm I'm not going to fight you on that just because I think that might be better for me so I th- I think I, I'd be okay with that yeah yeah I mean he could be he he could be exactly what you described a touchdown dependent tight end too hey I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but all right, well, here we go. Mr. Irrelevant, the last pick of our mock draft, the 4.12, Travis. So this might come as a surprise. There's a lot of other players on the board that probably a lot of other people would consider here. Um, Uh-oh. But I am taking Ryan Null. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... Undrafted, for, or yeah, undrafted free agent signed with the Bears. This is my Jordan Howard arbitrage play here. Um, this guy, this guy's talented, man, uh, and he's big. He's a big dude, big running back. Uh, you know, I like my big athletic running backs, and he falls in line with that as well. Um, you know, I don't like Jordan Howard. Uh, I don't even know. I mean, there's not much behind Jordan Howard at this point. I mean, obviously not counting Tariq Cohen. He plays a different role, but yeah, I mean, you never know. He could play, he, he could find a role and, and as a backup and, and you never know, man. Ryan Nall, what do you think? Oh, and he's white, so that's why he fell out of the draft. Dude, I, I think, <laughs> I can I can I tell you something? Ryan Nall... I, I love the pick. Oh, for, wow. First off. I, oh, I, I thought really you were going like to rip me Ryan a new Null. one on I this do. one. I, no, I do. No, I was shocked that you took him. I really was. But I, but I like him. I like the player. Um, and you know what I like even more? If if he makes the Bears roster, Jordan Howard, the bulldozer, has the second coolest nickname among all the running backs now because Ryan Null's nickname is the Wrecking Null. Oh and I just God, think that so is so beautiful. awesome because he's a <laughs> big, so he's a big, powerful <laughs> running back. And dude, I, I mean, I mean, I remember watching him in Oregon State, and I remember going, "Who is this guy?" Because I wasn't even watching film on him, and you know, I, I, you know, he wasn't super productive, but you know, eight hundred yards, eight touchdowns. He's six two, two hundred thirty two pounds. I mean, he's a big guy. Um, I, he's definitely a guy that I root for. Um, I know he's an, an undrafted free agent, but I really like him, and I think, I think a lot of other people do too. I think uh, this was a guy that everyone was kind of keeping their eye on as uh, an un, undrafted free agent to see where he'd end up. So. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't hate the pick of Ryan all at all. Um, I kind of like it. So, uh, Travis, I, man, you made like one pick that I was on the fence about and the rest of them I was kind of on board with. I just want to let you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed in that. You know, what, um, what can I say, man? I'm a real good, quick, I'm a before, good drafter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right, real quick, before we wrap it up, give me a, a player or two that you're surprised kind of didn't come off the board now that you kind of have a chance to look back on it is there is there a player or two that you go man this guy probably should have went off the board or uh yeah there's a player or two and they they probably will in most drafts 
Um, mm-hmm. Hayden Hurst, we talked about a little bit already. Yeah, Mark, yeah, Mark Walton went undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he is. I think he could be a third round pick for some people. Um, I'm hearing a lot of, oh, he could replace Gio Bernard type of hype, which I don't know why that's a good thing, but uh, there's that. Um, let's see. Let's see. Ian Thomas, I think, in any sort of tight end premium. Yeah. Um, yeah. The tight end behind Greg Olson. Um, Auden Tate. Oh, Auden Tate got drafted, baby. Oh, that's right. You ruined the draft with that pick. Um. <laughs> <sighs> well, what about what what about Josh Adams? Um, yeah, man, I thought think, about him. Yeah. I think he's kind of in that same sort of conversation um, with like the whole uh, Ryan Nall, Chris Warren, Josh Adams. I think he probably goes above both of those guys in most drafts. Um, I don't. I think that might just be because he had larger name cachet coming in. And he was—he had more raw counting stats than both of those guys, um, and he goes to a team in which an unre- an undrafted free agent running back kind of blew up last year at the end of the year with Corey Clement. So I think a lot of people see that and they're like, "Oh, you know." Like, I know it seems stupid, but people's minds work that way, man. Corey Clement was undrafted. He's an eagle. He succeeded. Look at Josh Adams. You know, it's like. It doesn't really work that way, but people's brains yeah. work that way. Um, but yeah, I'm not a big fan of Josh Adams. Yeah, I, I, I think we probably both aren't now that now that we, you know, these guys fell out of you know out of the fourth round for us. So I, yeah, I think, I think we're both probably pretty similar on the guys that are left on the board. But uh, you know, since we are a super flex podcast, let's talk about the quarterbacks. Um, there were a couple like, uh, how about Luke Falk? Um, a guy who was drafted by the Tennessee Titans, um, yeah, you know, no is, is, is interesting. I mean, he didn't, yeah, he didn't end up in the greatest situation, but, um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know, you know, in a super flex league, you never know what this guy becomes if he gets a chance. Mariota does seem to get hurt a little bit, and if Falk gets the opportunity and he ends up, you know, showing that he can be okay, you know, I mean, maybe, maybe this is a guy that somebody takes a flyer on and trades a pick for. Uh, you never know. I mean, this is the same league that, you know, people are trying to give up picks. Uh, East Cleveland was trying to give up picks to acquire AJ McCarron. So you, you never know if a guy like Luke Falk gets a chance. But uh, what about Mike White? It's a guy who went to Dallas, and I think is in, in an interesting situation. I think Dak Prescott. I think you and I kind of both still buy Dak Prescott. But boy, if he has another rough year, and that very well could happen with the weapons that he has around him, uh, when do, when do they maybe decide to give somebody like Mike White a chance? You know, I, I don't know, and I. I I wouldn't be betting on it because I really like Dak and I, I still think he's he's really talented. But um, is a guy like Mike White a guy that maybe you know is draftable for you? Yeah, if there's any of these quarterbacks past Rudolph and Loletta that I'm even considering rostering, it's Mike White. Um, and it's not because I don't like Dak. I do like Dak, and I think despite being a fourth round pick, I think Dak's leash is going to be pretty long just based on what he did in his rookie year um so i don't think mike white is gonna just come unseat Dak prescott i don't think that's within the range of of outcomes but if if Mm -hmm. if Dak goes down and mike white is if mike white can beat out cooper rush (laughs) which we don't even know if that's going to be the case and he gets a start or two i think he's good enough to kind of flash and then get that 
immediate value jump in super flex leagues where you might be able to flip him for something else. But that's really all the upside you're hoping for with Mike White, in my opinion. And I don't want to touch any of these other guys. Yeah, yeah, I'm kind of there with you. I know JT Barrett is a name that a lot of people like to bring up, and that's not a guy I'm really interested in. There are some other ones too, but even in a super flex league, I feel like, you know, after you get past those top six to eight guys, um, you're 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 kind of, kind of, kind of, you know, really, really reaching at 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 straws, you know, reaching for straws at that point. So, uh, but yeah, no, I, I think we're on the same page with that, that roster spot for something with with higher upside. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and more immediate upside. That's the real the real key. More flip value in those late rounds. Um, yeah, I mean, oh, I also I, think Braxton Burry, Berrios will probably get drafted. Yeah, yeah, there's a name that we didn't even mention. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. There's a, a lot of guys high on him. Going yep. to New England. He's a, he's a white slot receiver. Oh, my gosh. He's mm-hmm. going to be the next, yeah, the next one. Well, when they go to New England, that's kind of what you hear a lot, right? That <laughs> right he's he's going to yeah, be the exactly. next Wes Welker. And, and, you know, how many times does that work out, really? Yeah. Um, I guess there there is one more guy I want to bring up, and it's a guy who kind of flew under the radar, and I think it's because of of uh, of the landing spot that he ended up in. Um, so yeah, the the running back that I'm kind of kind of looking at a little bit, and uh, it was it was the Saints that took him, and really you know when when it's the Saints, you know you kind of their running backs seem pretty set. But uh, in the sixth round, they added a running back that they, they really seem high on, and uh, it's a running back out of uh, LA Tech, and it's Boston Scott. Uh, this is a guy that, didn't, that, that we didn't draft, and this is a guy who's really kind of on my radar as a potential free agent signing, and here's why. I, I, don't, I don't expect this guy is going to do very much this year, but the way he profiles, he profiles as a guy who could be a nice compliment to Alvin Kamara in the future. And how long is Ingram there? Um, so... It's a guy who I'm keeping my eye on, and I'll definitely be keeping my eye on in the preseason to kind of see how he does, because um, if he looks anywhere near decent, uh, that's a guy that uh, that I might take a flyer on. So um, that's a guy, just just keep in the back of your minds, guys. Boston Scott is a running back that uh, if, if he looks okay in New Orleans, you might be able to, to grab him cheap and store him for a year before he has some real good value. I literally do not possess in my brain a Boston Scott take. Nice. So file not found. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so we're good on we're good on good old Boston Scott. All right, man. Well, um, yeah, I I, uh, I I guess uh, I guess we're done here. Bye. No, I'm joking. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was fun, I, uh, man. I think th- yeah, those those last two rounds, dude. Really, I mean, it's really anyone's anyone's game. It's the yeah. It, it, any of these players could go anywhere. So it was fun to kind of see where me and you would put them. Um, like I said, though, a lot of the, the, the with a two person draft, you got to you got to have a little bit of leeway. Some of these guys are going to not really you're not going to see them go here. Um, but I think there's only a couple outliers. I think we did a pretty good job. Yeah, yeah. There's a couple outliers, and we kind of we kind of laid out our reasoning for that, and uh, for the most part. So, yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I, I think this was fun. Hopefully, it was helpful to our listeners. Um, and uh, yeah, guys, if you have any questions, please feel free to hit us up on Twitter. Uh, you can find Travis at Travis NFL. You can find me at DFF underscore the Brain, and you can even hit up John Hogue, even though he wasn't part of the show, because he'll give you his two cents for sure. Um, you can find him at DFF Dynasty Dude. 
So that'll do it for us here on the Super Flexible Podcast. Um, do us a favor, rate and review the show. Um, it's, it really helps us out, and uh, it, it, uh, it you know let us know if you can uh, not only rate and, uh, and and send that review, so that way we know what we're doing right, uh, how we can better service you, the listener, um, and, and what we can do better. Uh, we always appreciate uh, the the writing and the reviews um, and the ratings on that. Um, thank you to the Dynasty Football Factory and the Dynasty Football Network. And until next time, bye. bye.